Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. The day of reckoning has arrived. The NCAA college basketball season tips off tomorrow, Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day to everyone. We thank you for your service. Welcome to the Screen the Screener Podcast. As always, I am Mike Randall, joined, of course, by Gus Kearns. Gus, how are you doing? Very well, Mike Randall. Good morning. Good afternoon, good evening to everybody consuming the Screen the Screener podcast. We thank you for listening. We thank you for tuning in. We thank you for uh, putting it in your ears, however you decide to do that. The wait is over. Thank you for joining us. We're fired up. There's so much to talk about today, guys. We have all the games tomorrow. We have some. We have our all-American teams we're going to talk about. Yeah. But I, I think we should begin with social media. We want to congratulate. We just received, just now. We, you, you say this often. Life is about celebrations. Let's celebrate a bit. You're darn right. And we'd like to congratulate Brian Phelps. Brian Phelps on Twitter, who's at Phelps BP, Phelps, P-H-E-L-P-S-B-P. He is our 200th Twitter follower. Brian, thank you. Phelpsy. Thank you so much. We're honored and we're growing, folks. We just started. We're a new podcast. If you're with us, you're listening to us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, wherever you're listening to us, we're starting. We are starting our assault on the college basketball podcast world, and we will get to number one at Screen the Screener. And we're glad you're joining us. And Brian Phelps, you're in at the ground floor. Love that so many people are choosing to get their college basketball knowledge from Screen the Screener podcast. And I think what we want to do next is we just want to go ahead and get into our All-American teams. Our last podcast, we ended with the AP All-American teams. And we gave out a little teaser saying, like, we'll have ours next. And I think we have ours at the ready. Yeah, uh, we do, Gus. And, and enough of this AP, okay? I, you know, when we, when we do our All-American teams, folks, we put time into it. We think about it. We diagnose it. We've put a lot of effort into this. Not these AP things. You know, they're bigger, <laughs> they, don't, they have bigger fish to fry. We don't. This is what we do. So we're going to go ahead and start right at third team, ground floor, work our way up second. Go up to first, then maybe throw some kudos to some honorable mentions. Uh, Mike, do you want to start with your third team? Because there seems to be some interesting names on your third team All-American. Yeah, listen, if you haven't figured this out, Gus and I bring it to you hardcore, okay? We're not going to give you traditional. We're going to give you what's in our heart. It's like poker. You got the head. You got the numbers. You got the big recruits. You got the high freshmen, right, that that are profile. But in your heart, deep down, who do you want? And that's what I'm about. I'm a heart guy, Gus. So here's my third team, okay? I'm so looking forward to this. All right. We're gonna st- we brought this up last time if you're a loyal listener. I asked Gus what 10 minus 7 was. He said 3. And that's where Monte Morris is going to be. He's going to be your third team All-American. And, and, and this is what I think. I like him. He could be an excellent NBA player, mm-hmm. explosive player, a lot of pressure on him, Iowa State now to carry that team, a little bit of the second year now that we're moving on. You know, the team was real good last year, but we're coming back again. I just think he's going to – they're going to struggle a little S- bit. Size is going to be the issue with yeah. Iowa State team-wise, but I'm still – I'm with you with supporting Monte Morris. I think that he's still going to put up big numbers, but they'll play that four-guard alignment with uh, with Burton mm-hmm. and, and Naz Long and, and Matt Thomas. Um, but who's going to bang down low for them? I think that's going to be the problem. But he's still going to put up giant numbers. Steve Prom, Steve Prom, second year, mm-hmm. right? Okay, yeah. so I, 
I like Monte. A lot of people have him higher. I don't. I have him on my third team. So I'll go through my third team, and then you do yours. Yeah, please right. do. Please do. I want to hear who's next. We love Oregon. We love Oregon. I told you about this. Oregon's, quack. Oregon's making the Final Four. All right, quack away. That, uh, I believe that was one of your big prognostications last podcast. Uh, it, it is, and I can't say enough about Tyler Dorsey. Love the versatility. High-profile offense. Dana Altman does a great job. Dana Altman deserves a Final Four. He will get a Final Four this year. And I bet you Dorsey carries a little bit early on yes. with Brooks being out, recovering from the surgery. Agreed. He's going to have a little bit more responsibility, much like Monty Morris early on with Dylan out. Uh, unbelievably dynamic athlete at the position. It's a good word. Uh, yeah. And along with that dynamic athleticism, he also brings nuts and bolts skills. Definitely. Yeah. And and now we next one I'll go to. I referred to him as the best third scorer yes. on any team in the NCAA. Okay, Ethan, Badgers. Ethan Happ out in Wisconsin. Badgers have everyone back. We talked last time about their political um, speaking up about what they feel is right, which we totally respect. Greg Gard's coach of the year. He's back. He's got everyone back in that conference. Uh, Mr. Happ's going to be third team All-American. Well, you did say he was going to be the third best option on a Division One. Program. I did. So did I wh- say that? Yeah. I did, yeah. yeah. So why not put him on the third team All American? Exactly. Um, next, uh, I got two left. So next one, Xavier's going to be very, very good. Uh, they're going to be an issue in the Big East. There, Pl- plenty of people have them in the Final Four. Darn right. Matt Max done a great job. They got every a lot of people back. Trevon Blewett is going to be third team All American. He put up giant numbers last year. Why not just do it again this year, maybe on a bigger stage, perhaps bigger profile? I like Sumner also. It's a close call, but I will sure. go with Blewett just for the scoring. Uh, he's going to make your third team. And then I, I just didn't feel right. You got in my head. I will admit this. I, I have to put a Kentucky guy on there. You do. Cal, it's not that I don't like your team. Your team is awesome. You're a master recruiter. In fact, I'll say you're the best recruiter in college basketball. I'll go that far. Mm. I just don't see those guys. I mean, like, Brandon Knight wasn't really, like, a big-time player. It's not like everyone who goes to Kentucky, you know, Scalabossier was high. They don't all average 20, but I will put De'Aaron Fox on as my last third-team All-American because he can fill it up in a hurry. I don't think there's anything wrong with that third team at all. And I'll get to my opinion on De'Aaron Fox in Kentucky in a smidge. Uh, but I'm going to jump into my third team right away. Yeah, fire away. Blow me And up. so my, the first person on my third team seems like he might belong somewhere else. But I'm going to put Grayson Allen on third team. Oh, sorry, I just tripped. I'm sorry. <laughs> so... I think they're going to come out of the gate a little bit out of sorts. Uh, The injury bug has totally struck Duke in a big way. Uh, The injury bug that has affected them is going to force reliable guys to come into those places. But I still think Grayson Allen and Duke as a whole are going to come out a little bit out of sorts, a little slow, uh, uh, in a little bit of a fog. Of course, they'll get it together. Tons of people have picked him to win the whole thing and go to the Final Four. I just think that coming out of the gate a little slow is going to knock him down a notch or two down to the 13. You nailed that Duke analysis right there. Well done. Uh, next, My next guy is an ACC, uh, uh, fellow ACC backcourt uh, member with uh, Grayson Allen. I love Joel Berry the second. Yeah, the second. So the little story I have about Joel Berry the second is um, they had this shooting drill that uh, went around all um, – through all the basketball uh, back roads, right? And uh, Buddy Heald did it. Uh, Steph Curry did it. Clay Thompson did it. And it went along with, like, mi- 
it was a basically stamina and three pointers. Okay. And at some point last year during the season, like all of these players that were doing the similar drill, were keeping score and sending scores out to each other because the, everybody knew who was going, who was doing this particular drill. Do you know who had the highest score out of college and NBA players at one time last year? Did he? Joel Berry. Yeah. Boy, he was hot in the tournament last year, too. I, I, he, really hot. I don't see why that's not going to carry on. And I think they're going to put up a ton of numbers to begin with. And I think he's just going to be leading the charge. And he's going to be on your third team All-American. Yeah, you know, he lost a little bit. of. He was so great the whole year. And that his end of the year in the ACC tournament mm. wasn't great either. But he picked it up as they started advancing uh, in the NCAA tournament. Uh, and so it's a great call. Love Joel Berry. Uh, my next... Area is going to be one of the super frosh that are coming in. Uh, we all know that this class, this freshman class coming in, is one of the most hyped, one of the most ballyhooed, and rightly so. Tons of talent. Good use of ballyhoo. Thank like you. We're, we're trying here at Screen the Screener. Um, so uh, we talked about him a little bit during our Michigan State Sparty preview, Miles Bridges. Um, he's going to be one of the players that uh, he's going to be one of the players that Izzo really trusts. Not because of what he does on offense, but because of what he brings defensively as well. And we all know his history with the Flintstones. This guy is a Flint guy. He is going to invest in him on the floor, and he's going to get lots of playing time. And with that playing time, I think are going to be big numbers. And we are going to see some serious highlights from this guy. It's such a great serious. call. I can't wait. And that's one of the games we're going to talk about a little bit later. Yeah. Because Izzo has not had that high-impact freshman score. He's got a couple. Is it going to be, hey, hey Rook, you got to earn your keep? Or mm-hmm. is it going to be, you know, when I dip in to a freshman, I get myself a gem? It's such a fascinating thing. It's one of the things I cannot wait to watch tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm so looking forward to how that's going to play out as well. And I, I'm curious because we kind of haven't seen the script play out for Sparty uh, yeah. yet, you know, in the past, what, five, seven years, really? Uh, next place, I'm sticking with Frosh here. I'm going to go back to the ACC. I'm throwing Dennis Smith Jr. on there from mm-hmm. NC State. Well, tobacco Road representation. So I have the triangle Represented in my third team, All-American, Dennis Smith is going to be a gigantic impact for NC State. Now, here's the parallel I'm going to bring to you. Last year, Cat Barber averaged over 22 points a game and was in the running all year for ACC Player of the Year and put up giant numbers. All across the board, assists, yep. uh, boards. Uh, he was a monster on defense. Super quick. Um, Dennis Smith might be better. He might have more of an impact on winning and making that whole entire team better. The team could be better, yeah. Than Cat Barber did last year. And Cat Barber played out of his mind last year in the ACC. Yeah, underappreciated. Um, so I think, Dennis, I'm I'm on with uh, our guy from CBS Sports, Matt Norlander, is a giant Dennis Smith fan. I am, I am right with him, and I am pushing that train. He's going to be on third-team All-American in my book. Mm-hmm. And my last guy, I'm going to go uh, opposite backcourt mate of your third-team All-American. I'm going to take Sumner on my third-team yeah. for me. Xavier. Okay. Yeah. Uh, again, I just love his athleticism, his length, and um, we discussed this earlier. Uh, he's got this unbelievably high gear. If he can somehow downshift a bit and then still have that high gear to go to, he's going to be a Terra. And if he can just shoot the three ball a bit straighter, man, he, he, he's going to be a nightmare for anybody to guard in the Big East. All uh, right, let's do it now. So let's let's do our first bet. Okay. Yeah. So if if Blewett is higher okay. on the All-American teams yes. than Sumner, okay. I will buy you the first round of wings 
at Tiffany's when we watch March Madness. I love that deal. Let's shake on it. Fair now. enough. Let's shake on it. We're shaking. Shake. Folks, we're shaking right now. Okay. And if Sumner is higher than Blewett, and they and the thing is, if they both don't make it, then the bet is off. Okay. But if they both make it. Who's higher? If they're equal, we just shake our hands and say it was a tie. Right. Like soccer, it's okay to tie. Right. I think what we're saying is Xavier's going to be really good this yeah, year. Xavier's going to be good. A hundred percent. Chris uh, Mack, great job. Ready for a second team? Yeah, I'm ready. Jump into your second yeah, team. Yeah, you go for it. You go first for second team. Oh, I'm good. Very good. Uh, so I'm going to start my second team, much like I started my third team, mm-hmm. with a player that most people or many prognostications have on their first team. Mm-hmm. Um, this is no slight to him. I just think he got squeezed out and is maybe six or seven. Mm-hmm. Josh Hart from Nova. Of course. Defending champs, best player on the team coming back. Uh, no offense to Chris Jenkins. Love Chris Jenkins too. Um Hart is going to put up numbers. He's going to have a high usage. He's going to have a high war. All, all the, all the uh, stats that you want, and mm-hmm. all the, you know, the uh, stat nitnigs uh, that are going to pay attention to this. He's going to have numbers across the board. He's definitely going to be second team All American with giant numbers, and they're going to make a big run again too. We talked, kind of talked about this a little bit last year, where the last returning champion with three or more starters returning yeah. was Florida, and they ah. went back-to-back. Back. Yeah. So you expect a big run for Noah again. Horford, yep, Corey Brewer. Uh, I'm going to go to the Big Ten for my next second-team All-American selection. Okay. I'm going to go with the big man, Thomas Bryant. Yeah. Uh, I think You he, know what I think about Thomas Bryant. I think he and Hart are going to be in the same boat. I think they're, they're going to be looking at an amazing season, individually an amazing season with their team. Uh, and I also believe that they're just going to be just a nudge, just just one step down um, from that first-team All-American status. Yep. So no slight on them, no slight on their team. I just think that they're going to be the two guys kind of left out of the equation. Okay. Uh, third place I'm going to go for my second-team All-American is to the man, I think, who's going to lead the country in rebounding. Ah, you said it last time. Ah, good pick. Caleb Swanigan from Purdue. Yeah, it's a good one. Ugh. Painter is going to keep him on the floor at all times. He is going to rebound, outlet, and then I bet he shoots a three on the wing too. He's going to put up giant numbers across the board, but I really think he's going to dominate rebounding. And, you know, sometimes, like, the voters key into, the, like, the certain stats, right? Like, the you know, you uh, pay t- like think Kay Felder last year. Yeah. He put up giant numbers in assists. He put up giant numbers in, in points. I think mm-hmm. at one point he was, like, top three in both in the country. Just think if, like, Caleb Swanigan leads the country in rebounding in the Big Ten. Like, people are going to pay attention yeah. to that, and he, I, I think he's just getting undersold right that, now. Gus, that's such a great pick on Twitter. By the way, follow us on Twitter at SVS Podcast. SVS Podcast. I was looking at the other day, a lot of arguing going on about people saying that Purdue is not being given the credit in the Big Ten. Totally agree. People saying, how are you picking Indiana over Purdue? Um, Michigan State, of course, young a little bit. So Purdue's a dark horse. It's a great one. I could see it happening. Such a good pick. Uh, Next place I'll go is a place that you've already visited. I love Monte Morris. Okay. He will lead the country again. That'll be for the third year in a row. An assist-to-turnover ratio, even with his higher, higher increased uh, usage on the offensive end. Okay. Um, he's going to have a ton of shooters to give the ball to, so his assist numbers are going to be sky high too, and I think he's going to put up a whole bunch of points, and they're going to let him shoot a bunch more. Um, I saw a couple places where Iowa State was a dark horse to get to the Final Four. Yeah, definitely. You, boy, you got a lot of walking lotto guys here. Guys that fill up the box score in your second team. It's a very active. You have an active second team. Monty Morris is going to be very active. The last place I'll go for my second team All-American selection is 
to the backcourt mate that you had on your third team. And this is the, the prognostication I think I'm going to make here. Malik Monk, who is my final selection for my second team All-American. Got to have a Kentucky guy. And De'Aaron Fox are going to make up the best freshman backcourt in the country this year and one of the best freshman backcourts in history. Wow. Wow. I, you know, and, and I was trying to figure out, like, what's Cal Perry going to do? What's going to be his thing this year? Remember, he had five in, five out a couple of years ago. That could be it. That could be Maybe I'm selling them a little short. I don't Though, know. And we've said a number of times, guards win in the tournament. Harrison's brought them to the Final Four, made those big shots in the tournament. I think Monk and Fox together are going to be more dynamic than them. Wow. Tremendous. Tremendous. Uh, well, let, let, I want to hear who's on your second team. Yeah. We're, yeah I struggle with this one because we talked about it last time. I'm going to put Grayson Allen on my second team. Sure. You outlined it beautifully. I think they're going to struggle a little bit. He's going to transition. He's going to pass a little more. May get frustrated. Field goal percentage may go down a little bit. I think similar uh, similar situation to Monte Morris. A little bit more usage on the offensive side. A little bit more responsibility. Exactly. Okay. You, 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 I don't need to repeat he said so well. Um, love Joel Berry. The yeah. Second. Yeah. Love Joel Berry. We, I have screen the sec- screener is fully on board with Joel Berry. Yeah, they're going to be good. They, they, they're going to be annoyed about not winning the title last year. Old Roy still got players. Love Joel Berry the second. Great story, by the way. Uh, I'm going to skip the next one because that's the guy I'm going to go off about. But let me go to those two guys. <laughs> Mellow Trimble. I, I know that Maryland may be down a little bit. I think Mello is going to – I've seen we've seen him play big in big spots. I forget the team he played last year. We held the ball top of the key, hit a three to win the game, like three feet behind the line. Sure. I think he's got it. I, I think he's like a, a flower that's about to explode. I think Mello Trimble has a massive year for Maryland. I, really? I don't know if they get in. It could be a Ben Simmons-like year where they struggle and maybe they're in the playing game. I think he can carry a team. I really do. And so I'm going to put him on second team. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm with you. You talked last time about Josh Jackson. You may have him a little higher, I think. But I'll put Kansas in there. You know, McLemore, hey, you know, Wiggins. Can't, Bill Self does a great job. I'll he put, does. I'll put Josh Jackson in there on my second team now. Good call. I, I want to know who the last selection the is. The last for. guy. It is really not being talked about enough, and they didn't make the tournament last year. And five seasons have passed since they were in the NCAA tournament, so Coach Brad Brownell is going to get a little bit of heat. Jaron Blossom game is the best senior in the NCAA college Ooh. basketball Division One landscape. I love that you are calling out the best scene. Call him out. I think Clemson makes the tournament this year. Back against the wall. Read an article the other day where where Coach was talking about, we got to make the tournament. There's pressure out there. And Blossom Game can carry them. He came back, which they were excited about. Um, He's versatile. He goes inside. He goes outside. He shoots the three. The guy's a big-time, big-time player, and he's not getting enough recognition. He will take the NCAA by storm. Big points, big rebounds, assists, shoots it, three, foul line, Jared Blossom game. He's got game, second team All-American. I love that you are that passionate about a Clemson Tiger. Uh, you're darn right. And no one's talking about Clemson. If he, uh, Here's another one. He makes second team. 
I'm getting a Blossom Game jersey. Okay. Oh, yeah! I will wear it at Tiffany's on March Madness. This, Blossom Game. Okay. I, All right? I, I like that we're already making uh, you know bets and, and promises uh, a couple of months now. We're, fi- we're firing this us. This is fabulous. 6, 7, 2, 20. <laughs> I'm not even close to 6, 7. Maybe a little closer to 2, 20 than I like to admit. It's fine. There you go. Um, all right, I'll do my first team. Yeah. Okay, here let, we go. Let, let's get to your first team. I think we might share some similarities here. Yeah. I, but at the same time, I think they're worth giving that attention. No doubt. I said, we said it last time. Dylan Brooks is going to be a first-team All-American. Oregon's going to be really, really good. They're hungry. I, I, I love what they have. They have that look that Tyler Dorsey, the whole thing. I, I, I can't – you know, Boucher. Chris Boucher. Boucher. Yeah, Boucher. He's a senior, you know, one of the best seniors as well. Not as good as Blossom Game, but he's very good. Here, ha, here's my Chris Boucher comp. Ready? Mm-hmm. He is the college Porzingis. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Porzingis, he's versatile. He's be- I was going to say Camby, but he's better than Camby because he can drill better. Fine. I've told you how much I love Thomas Bryant. I, I think I'm swinging. Love the big man. I could, Gus, be swinging the pendulum the wrong way here because I was not on him last year, and then he really impressed me the whole way through. Good footwork in the post, runs the break well, shoots well from the foul line. Indiana's going to be good. Yogi's gone. Crean's excited. He's back. How, how about this? How about this? How much better does each Indiana player get under Crean each year. Think of how much better yes. Yogi got each year. And he was under pre- he was under pressure, and now he's not anymore. And and Bryant, if he stays out of foul trouble, is an impossible matchup for them. Isaac Haas maybe can match up a little bit, mm. but no one else in the, in the in the Big Ten can. Not really. Um, same reasons you said about Hart. I'm not going to you know people listening are not going to go over again. Josh Hart, Walking Lotto, Villanova. They're really good. He's back. He's got like six in every possible category except for fouls. He's in, no <laughs> doubt. Uh, Just very quick aside. You remember the old Big East where they tried the six fouls? Yeah, right. Uh, to eliminate you and, and set yes. up the five fouls? Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, please keep going with oh your first God. team. I mean, that's the only way he would get six. Recommend I mean, for the Big East, grade yeah. three for three. Yeah, I saw. God. Uh, Nigel Hayes, one of the you know one of the best players coming back. I love Nigel Hayes. I think Blossom is a little bit of a better score than Nigel Hayes. Okay. I love that Nigel Hayes is back. Wisconsin's going to be really, really, really good. I have them in my final four. Also, and then I did go out on a limb on this one. Yes. I, I think, Say it. Yeah. I think Frank Mason. There it is. Okay. Frank Mason controls the court well. I was very impressed with how he played in the tournament. I did not think he was a good enough scorer most of the year, and then I started watching him. Mm. I think he steps up his game. Mm. I think Jackson struggles throughout the year, up and down a little bit. Okay. I think Mason is Mr. Consistency. I would not be surprised. Self wins yet another Big 12. They get a one seed. That would be 13, and, and be- the 13, 13 right? in a row. And because of that, Mason gets first-team All-American as a table setter. There's my first team All-American. Ooh. Hey, can I just jump in and tell a, a, a slight story with your Frank Mason first team All-American? Uh, always. Okay, so uh, somewhere along the line last year, I remember when uh, you know they went through their midseason swoon, and somebody mentioned, how did Bill Self get stuck with mid-major guards? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah. Right? Yeah. But then go ahead and hit the fast-forward button. Uh, look how they ended up with an, a 12th big 12 title, uh, get the one seed, yep. uh, lose to the eventual champion, mm-hmm. and then they come back, both of his so-called mid-major guards. Do you, you know who they are? They're Van Bleet and Baker again. That's that, uh, yeah. And, and and Graham is a big-time player. Yeah, Graham's awesome, too. Yep. Like, that, that that's what kind of backcourt they're bringing back. It's not a mid-major backcourt. It is an awesome NCAA college basketball backcourt. That's what that backcourt is. I mean, you're you're bringing back a guy that averaged 13 points a game last year, four and a half rebounds, four and a half assists. 
Um, 38% from three, so he got better. He's always going to be on the court. He's incredibly athletic. And nobody's going to push him around. And he's going to be on a team that could be a one seed. That, exactly. To me, it doesn't yeah. get harder than that. I'm a big fan of Frank Mason. Love the zero. Go ahead. Uh, all right, so I'll hit up my first team. I'm agreeing with you in two areas. I'm going to go to those two areas first. I love Dylan Brooks as well. Again, the, one of the comps that we sh- that we uh, kind of shared with was um, uh, where he might have this. I'm trying to say like chip on his shoulder from the Shashevsky thing, yeah. But yeah. then also have like this this injury uh, comeback little story going for him as well. So he has like these a couple of storylines that right might really help him uh, once he gets healthy. Uh, and once he gets healthy, they're going to be very good, very competitive. They could win the Pac-12. Um, they could get another one seed. Dylan Brooks, first team All-American. Yep. Next place I'm going to go and agree with you is Nigel Hayes. I love Nigel Hayes. I love what he stands for. I love what he's trying to speak out about. I love what he's bringing attention to. I also love his game. I think his percentages are going to go up. I think his numbers are going to go up. And with those ups and percentages and numbers hopefully he gets an up in attention to what he's trying to bring uh, uh what he's trying to bring focus on so true i will say this if you told me that wisconsin did not have the season that we think they're going to have you know bo ryan was a hall of fame coach in my mind true so uh, listen greg guard did a, a fantastic job but the wisconsin that we think of at least i'm speaking for myself that i'm thinking of mm-hmm. was guided by bo ryan it's only been one year for Greg Gard. Oh, by the way, it wasn't a full year because he didn't coach the first 13 games. Bo Ryan did. Sure. So the only way I see this not happening besides a catastrophic injury, which we do not hope for, of course, is if Gard maybe struggles a little bit. I just don't think it's going to happen. That's I don't think it's going to happen at all. Okay. I think there's 0% chance of that happening. Good. I think he's going to do an amazing job. He's already shown that he can do an amazing job when he's dealt you know, not the greatest hold hand. Uh, next three places are going to be a little different. Next place I'm going to go is Josh Jackson Ooh. from Kansas. All right, a little higher than me. Okay. I think he's going to put up better better numbers than Wiggins. Okay. Um, I don't know why he wouldn't. And who's going to be the third scorer or maybe the first scorer to go with the you know best backcourt that we said for that Kansas has in a really long time mm-hmm. of uh, uh, Mason and Graham. Like, they're not going to do everything, so somebody else has to do something. I think Josh Jackson is, lives up to the hype and it puts up giant numbers. Ready? Gun to your head. Do you think Kansas is making Phoenix in the Final Four this year? No. Wow. Wow. I was going to say yes, and I usually doubt Kansas, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Okay. Good. I'm sorry. No No problem. Uh, great question. Uh, last two places I'm going to go, I, I, I mentioned this before as my, one of my prognostications, London Parentis. Shoot the ball, London. <laughs> he has unbelievable percentages. His usage is going to go up, much like Monte Morris's uh, usage. Uh, he'll hopefully have Austin Nichols back in a couple of games. Yeah, they that's run a, good a t- one. they run a tight system. You know where the scoring is going to come from in that mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. It's gonna some of it's going to have to come from him. I think he's going to have very very similar to Malcolm Brogdon last year. Maybe not exactly the type of numbers, but along those lines. And where did Malcolm Brogdon find himself last year? Mm-hmm. First team All American. Yep. Yeah, well, um, last place. I'm going Frosh again. I'm going Mark Fultz. Ooh. Ooh, I don't know about that one. I like this, though. Go ahead. I am supporting the screen, the screener, vagabond, agnostic, basketball identity. We are going West Coast with Oregon and, and 
I'm sorry, Oregon and Washington, and giving them two first-team All-American slots west of the Mississippi, as you wow, like to say. Wow, wow. Very nice. No, I respect it. I respect so it. The, one of the reasons that this pushed me in this direction was a simple statement from him. He wasn't trying – like if somebody asked, like, hey, you know, what are your aspirations? What are your goals? What are you trying – you know, like the, the generic – uh, the generic reporter question on uh, Pac-12 Media Day. You know what one, is, what one of his responses was to that? What? Go ahead. I want to be better than Michael Jordan. Okay. Okay. Stop. That's not going to happen. Can we? Can Markel Fultz play Jaron Blossom game one on one, and we'll just sit and watch the game? Go ahead. So, but the fact that that's in his lexicon, and and that's like something that seems logical to him. I think that means he's a little special. He does. Yeah, well, that means he's not afraid to take the big shot. It means he's not afraid to be a leader. He's got the, the, the stones to come in. Uh, so basically you think – because they're going to have to be good in order for him to go first. They, they were almost there last year. Okay. I'm trusting Lorenzo Romar and his staff to kind of run, run kind of the same thing sets that they had last year except with a better lead guard. So he's going to do what Ben Simmons did not do, basically. I think he's going to do what Ben Simmons did not do last okay. year. Well, I, 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 I think we're going to be having a, di- a completely opposite, different discussion. I respect it. Between Fultz and Simmons. Fultz is a hot prospect. I guess I just doubt Washington. Nothing against the Pac-12. I love the Pac-12. You know that. Um, that one I, I, I struggle with. I get it. I could see it happening. I could. I, I don't – I'm going to vote no on that one, but that's a great call because he could get hot. And if they get hot and he's good, he will be first-team All-American because that team is not doing well without him. I like it. It's not crazy that they finish second or third in the Pac-12, that make, a, make a great run in their Pac-12 tournament. That would do it. And, yeah. It, it's not crazy. Because they're going to be in then. Oh, very good. Excellent. Uh, and then what I thought we could do is I'll just run down a couple of the honorable mentions, the guys that both of us yeah. kind of had in the back of our head but yeah. didn't quite make our cut. Yep. Um, and these are guys that we have mentioned in our team previews, but we just want to give them a little bit more love because we love spreading the love at Screen the Screener podcast. Uh, Jordan Woodward, Oklahoma. Um, we feel like he's going to fall into the same category that um, London Prentice, Monte Morris um, uh, uh, are going to fall into. Uh, Mellow Tremble as well, where they have a little higher usage. Uh, their numbers are going to go up. But maybe the team struggles on his end because maybe he doesn't have the troops back that those other teams have back. I'll tell you, if he's going to have to get 23-24 a game for him to get the second mm. team for me. If he doesn't, that's not going to be even close. But go ahead. Yeah. Uh, he needs a mention. Yeah. He needs a mention. Um, let's see. I think another guy that is a little bit under the radar. Uh, I saw a couple of people picking him for maybe second or third team is Tyler Lydon from yeah. Syracuse. Yeah, I thought about him. Yeah. Uh, definitely an NBA ready player. Uh, and think about how he used Carmelo. And I bet he's going to put Lydon in similar situations that he put Carmelo in. Obviously, he's not as skilled or as talented as Carmelo, but he's going to run the same sets. You know, and they can hide him in the zone. He's not going to be a defensive liability in the zone. He's really good. He's really, really good. I just struggled putting him in the top. Just maybe it was the eye test. I don't know why though. They were in the final four last year. I don't know what the problem was, but Uh, yeah. uh, But he needs a mention as well. Uh, We'll go back to Duke and. Once Jason Tatum gets healthy, mm-hmm. he's gonna he's gonna be very similar, sure. I think, to Miles Bridges. And I put Miles Bridges on my third team. Sure. He's gonna put up giant numbers as well. But we're just waiting for him to get healthy. And again, we always hold hope very dearly, and we hope that he comes back quicker uh, than planned. Uh, the couple of weeks that he's out. Mm-hmm. Um, how about VJ Beecham? Oh, from Notre Dame. Yeah, Bray does a great job. Uh. How about this? I bet he won't be too far off of your Blossom game. 
I bet I bet he's I bet he plays maybe you know a, a notch or two below him in the ACC. It could be definitely. And my last three guys are guys that um, I'm going to say you're not going to hear anywhere else or read anywhere else for honorable mention, but you'll hear him here. First guy, we kind of talked about him a smidge on one of our initial podcasts. Uh-huh. How about Shake Milton from uh, SMU? Just for the name, he should make it. Uh, we we love what Shake brings to the table. We think he's going to put up a, a big time numbers in conference and uh, get some notice. Next guy, and I'll get back to this team a little bit later. Jalen Adams. So a lot of love on Twitter about them making a run, winning the conference, mm-hmm. dark horse, final mm-hmm. four, definitely. Yeah, and he's going to lead the charge. Uh, he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. He's going to put up a lot of shots. He's going to get a ton of minutes. I think Kevin Ollie's going to put a lot of trust in him. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll 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 make he'll make some teams and some prognostications elsewhere. And a last guy, we want to keep spreading West Coast love. How about Emmett Nar from St. Mary's? Yeah. We yep. said that he could be a guy that puts up uh, these crazy percentage mm-hmm. uh, numbers this year. So Gorn Dragic. So <laughs> Gorn Dragic. Like the 50% from the field, 40% from three, 90% from the line. Yep. If he does that and St. Mary's is really good again, like they should be, because uh, have, they have all five of their guys coming back. Yep. So they got to put somebody somewhere, and why not put Nar on an honorable mention or a third team somewhere? To go, the mid-major that's no longer a mid-major. Right. Uh, agreed, yeah. Uh, so there are the... There are the screen the screener all American teams. Uh, some very predictable. Some we're hoping a little bit off the reservation, a little bit uh, off the radar, and a little bit uh, out of echo location range. Um, what do you say you want to do next? You want to? I think I think we should hit. Uh, I, I don't know. I, we're gonna have a, a, a session now every time where we talk about the upcoming games that we want to preview. So Gus and I were trying to come up with a way to represent that. Mm. And we were talking about these are the games that we want you to to take a look at. They're in the bright lights. Not only the bright lights, but they're in... Getting close! That's right. Those are the games, folks, that are on Broadway. So our on-Broadway segment every time is going to preview the upcoming games, but this one's the best one of the year because the games start tomorrow. So first place we want to go on on Broadway, Uh, we're going to go all the way out to the West Coast, out to Hawaii. We're going to go to the Armed Force Classic. If we're not talking about this game, I don't know what game we're not going to – I don't know what game we should be talking about. We're going to talk about Kansas, number two, preseason, Mm -hmm. and number 12, Indiana, number 12, preseason, um, love that they celebrate Veterans Day and incorporate the armed forces you, into the veterans. start Absolutely. of college basketball. Thank you to the veterans that we know. Thank you to the veterans we don't know. Thank you for protecting us, keeping us safe, giving us the lives that we have. And thank you for your service, your effort, your time, and your energy. Thank you. Yeah, so we, we'll open up. So Armed Forces Classic in Honolulu, Hawaii. Uh, first game we'll take a look at, Gus. Let's look at number two, Kansas, number 12, Indiana. So as part of the Armed Forces Classic, this is a great matchup for the first day. What do we got? We got the Big 12 champs in Kansas, right? And we got the defending Big 10 champs in Indiana. No yoga what this year. else could you dial up if you wanted to watch something day one? So let, let's let's say what we we're going to see, of course, my guy Frank Mason the third. We got Devontae Graham in the backcourt. No Yogi, but they got James Blackman Jr. back. Uh, we talked about Thomas Bryant. Uh, it's going to be a great game, right? What do you think? I think, unfortunately, I have a sad prediction about this. My sad prediction is that there's going to be some first half 
foul trouble, and we're going to be robbed of seeing all the guys that you just mentioned. Okay, could happen. Um, a little rusty. I think not even just rusty. I think it just might be – I think everything will be a smidgen on the sloppy side. Maybe the officiating, maybe the coaching, maybe the playing, maybe the dribbling, maybe this, you know, the, the ball skills. I think everything's just going to be a little bit off, and we're going to have this huge high expectation for what we're watching. So I'm just going to say just wait for the second half and enjoy it in the second half because I think the second half is going to be highly competitive. Everybody that you want that everybody that you're going to want to see is going to be on the floor during the second half. Yep. So just be patient is what I'm saying. Okay. Great. Um and I'm going to also say get your popcorn ready because you got two of the greatest coaches in the game today. You got Self and you have Crean. And if you have Self and Crean on the sidelines, I think you just have a camera on both of those two guys with their facial expressions, like yeah. during the game. So, what price of admission? I think right? that'd be highly entertaining by itself because it's going to be early on. They're going to be fired up. There's going to be mistakes made, right? And these are the games we love. It's number th- so yeah. So it's actually technically number three, Kansas. Number eleven, Indiana. Um, and then they'll follow that one up with the beautiful one, number ten, Arizona, and number twelve, Michigan State. But Gus, there's a storyline here in this we, game. We got a couple of things we need to talk about here. So number one is Arizona's just uncertainty. Um, unfortunately, like you know, if you're a college basketball fan, you read the sad news of of Ray Smith falling prey to his third ACL knee uh, injury during the preseason. Uh, unbelievably highly touted recruit coming in, unbelievably talented. They expected big things from him. Um, the, I, I'm sure the whole staff, the team, the the Wildcat community is saddened by this. That's tough. Injury's terrible. And you, you just, you, you know, you're hoping that he would find his way to the court and find success, but that obviously didn't happen for him this year. Um, but he's still been part of the program. Uh, I think he traveled with the team out there. If not, he's been at practice and been involved um, and then the other part of the uncertainty here is what is up with their, you know, perhaps I, top returning player, Alonzo Trier. Yeah, I don't know what is up with Trier. I mean, this is a team I talked last time that they don't have a lot of depth. This is not a team when you hit March that they're playing eight or nine deep. Uh, Trier, we just uh, found out uh, from wildcat.arizona.edu, uh, he did not make the trip to Hawaii for the season opener. So he has not played in either of the two exhibition games, mm-hmm. and he didn't make the trip. And no one is saying why. So it's a little bit of a mystery. Uh, It seems to be very shrouded. I'm sure it's shrouded for a reason. I'm sure the the program and and Coach Miller are are trying to keep it um, in-house as best they can. So hopefully, you know, we always say we hold hope very dearly here. And we just hope that the situation gets itself uh, resolved. He finds his way onto the court. And the other part is uh, Chance Comanche, which I think is solved. I, I think he's supposed to find the court and, mm-hmm. and be ready to play against Michigan State. Yep. So just all this uncertainty and all this turmoil is going to go one of two ways for, for Arizona, right? right. They're either going to be hardened, really focused, and really come together as the team, or they're going to be completely scatterbrained. And, like, and- there, there's, there, there's no middle ground when you're faced with this type of adversity and this type of, of uncertainty. Like, you go one way or the other. Um, so I'm just curious to see which way Arizona goes. Do they do they really like pull together as a program and as a team and really rally for each other, or is there just too much distraction and and they kind of go their separate ways and go for theirs and it's just that kind of a mess to start with. And I parallel this to the 
California thing last year in the tournament where they had all this uncertainty going into their their leading game with Hawaii and look like look where that ended up right that ended up in a big giant upset and uh, California going home early so you you hope that Arizona doesn't fall prey to the same type of situation and the same result uh, that happened to California last year now all those points are fantastic and and I think us it's time to introduce one of our other segments so folks throughout the year Ooh. you know we're, we're dialed into what goes on in we college are. basketball and and we love Vegas. I, I will say this: Vegas is my favorite city uh, in America. Love, wow. love, love Las Vegas. Okay, yeah. I was um, not a, I was not aware of your city rankings. Yeah, oh yeah, I mean wh- maybe someday we'll be out there for March Madness. Sure, it's a dream, right? Uh, but we we have a segment called Fishy Lines, and uh, what that's going to be is when Gus or I identify a Las Vegas betting line that we feel is just mm-hmm. odd. So, uh, Gus, I guess we have to say that the over-under in this game would be... That's a fishy line. Thank you, uh, John Coleman, our voiceover guy. Great guy, great job. Uh, the over-under, Gus, why don't you talk about it? I got it here at 141.5. What's mm. your thought on that? Well, or- number one, there's been movement on that already. Uh, I think originally it opened up at 145 or 144. Uh, so there's been movement on it going down already. And here's what I think. I think if you have Arizona in the situation that they're in that we just kind of talked about where there's a whole bunch of uncertainty, you're not even sure who's going to start for them 100%. Mm-hmm. And then let's add in the uncertainty of Michigan State and freshmen getting a whole bunch of playing time early on. Sure. And then let's add into the uncertainty that they're playing in Hawaii. That screams under to me. It does. It screams under. So we think that's pretty fishy. If you're going one way or the other and you're trying to find something, we say take the under. That's a fishy line right there. So uh, another way we could say it would be that's a fishy line. Yes, just to make it clear. So uh, we'll we'll officially put in like this. I got it here, Odd Shark. 141.5. We will keep track of these for you folks throughout Mm. the year. Gus, you're saying? Under. There you go. Very good. Strong under. Makes a lot of sense. Great argument. Um, all right, so uh, we've done Broadway. Now, Gus, should we go off-Broadway a little bit? Some of the lesser games? That yeah, let's go off-Broadway. I think the first place we want to go off-Broadway, like let's let's walk down the alleyway and, mm-hmm. and, and maybe we're not in the bright lights anymore. Mm-hmm. How about UNC Asheville VCU? A great game. Two teams that made the tournament last year. So it's a sneaky good game. Asheville always plays a great early schedule. They have Kansas. They have Ohio State. They have Georgia. They have Siena, who's really good, and VCU. Mm-hmm. So they, they're always going to load up for that upset. Um, and VCU is loaded up as well with Baylor, Princeton. Princeton, who's really good. They're bringing back a lot of starters. A little love to the Ivy. Um, ACC Georgia Tech. But we think VCU load up, loaded up all these games as potential wins, whereas UNC Asheville loaded up these games as like they're just looking for one upset, like one big upset. So these two teams are coming in with a similar outlook to the start of the season of like, hey, let's try to schedule heavy and be aggressive. But I think UNC Asheville is going for like a one banger. They're just going for the one big upset. Whereas VCU is loaded up, and they're thinking we're just going to try to win all of these games. Yeah, they they want to get in. They they, they ran to buzzsaw with Oklahoma last year. That game was was a little tight for a while. Um, so this game is is in Richmond, Virginia. All right, so it's going to be a a home game for, for VCU. VCU. Yeah, uh, two teams that made the tournament. Two teams that expect to be very very good. That's a game that we're going to pay attention to. Statement game for both programs, both teams, and both coaches. Yeah. Uh, 
How about we spread a little bit more Ivy Love? Yeah. You want to go a little bit further off Broadway? Oh, yeah. Maybe all the way down to Columbia? Yeah, seriously. And this is this is a great one. I really, my heart's into this one. I'm going to watch this game. Columbia-Stony Brook. So Stony Brook last year breaks the curse. They make the tournament behind Warney, do a fantastic job. Loved Warney. He was a monster. Oh, he was a monster. Great, yeah. great, great job by Steve Peichel. Went down to Rutgers. Now he's a head coach down at Rutgers. So... We now have Columbia, who just got Jim Angles, new Lions coach from NJIT. Um, and, of course, this year, Gus, we are excited because the Ivy has finally decided <laughs> to have an end-of-year four-team Ivy League tournament. So I, I'm torn on this. You love the drama that is created each weekend because they do the Friday-Sunday usually games yes. because they don't want to disturb the academics, yeah. correct? Um, and and, and the, the drama that went with that Friday-Sunday game in the Ivy and, you know, your 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 conference. Sometimes it's back-to-back, right? Sometimes even Friday-Saturday. Yes, Saturday. Some, yeah, or, or, yeah, or yeah. Saturday-Sunday yeah. depending on yeah. what their schedules yeah, yeah, were. Yeah. Um, so you hate that that's taken away, but yet at the same time? Like, who's not going to watch an Ivy Four League tournament? And I like this because it's it's frustrating. I, I feel like the top teams in your Ivy, whoever they are, and listen, Harvard, Princeton, typically Yale as well, yep. and now maybe Columbia's in there, but I feel like it's impossible to decide the Ivy. Don't you feel like it's always a two or three tie at the top? It is. L- let's do what they do. We love the postseason tournament. I know some people don't, but you know what? You win the regular season in the Ivy. Let's get a tournament, get some juice going, join the rest of the crew, We'll go to Manhattan for the game. You know that. I, I, yeah. Um, I think I'm really excited. Columbia Stony Brook. Want to see how Stony Brook does? First year without Pike. He was there for a while. Uh, yeah. It's always tough for a program where they lose the big player and the big coach yep. at the same time. Yep. So you want to see what Stony Brook comes out on the other side like. Excellent. And, uh, you know, we love spreading some Ivy love. Go Lions. Uh, how about the next place off Broadway? No, neither ranked team, but it does have some interesting players. South Dakota State. Yeah. Made the tournament last year versus Cal. Yeah, highly rated game. So Great choice. It's a little bit under the radar, um, but we love the matchup of Mike Dom and Ivan Rabb. Uh, Dom is an honorable mention, you know, all-American guy in, oh, yeah. in some areas, and he's unbelievably efficient. Uh, his efficiency is probably close to uh, Isaac Haas that we talked about with Purdue yep. as far as like minutes uh, played uh, versus uh, points scored per game. Yep. Um, check out his war numbers. They're through the roof. Um, here's my prediction on this. You ready for a prognostication? Fire away. I think Dom is going to outscore Rap in this game. Oh, it's a big one, and it's so possible too because <laughs> – we're, we're not high on Cal here, folks. We love Rab. He could be a great pro. But I just I agree with Kern. Sophomore slump, um, that's such a good one. I could see that happening. I think – how about uh, how about how about our prognostication happens right away and like Rab just gets in some early foul trouble, kind of like we mentioned with uh, the earlier games where things might be a little bit out of sorts. Yep. Um, and then he comes back and has a great second half. But Dom stays out of foul trouble and just puts up big numbers and puts up 25. Yeah, I can yeah. totally see that happening. Totally see And it's not crazy that they pulled the upset either. No, not at all. Uh, in fact, if you made me pick, I think I'm picking the games in Hospivalian. I think I'm picking South Dakota State. Mm, wow. Yeah. Location. Yeah, location. Nice. like it. Uh, and I, I feel like we need to go one more place. Do you think we can go one more place? Sure. A little yeah. bit. It's, it's not totally off-Broadway. Um, but we'll talk about UNC and Tulane. And I think the one reason we wanted to bring this up is because we feel like this could be like another fishy line. No. Oh. 
Do you think? Do you think that this is possible? Uh, I I just want you to say it so I can play the uh, the voiceover again. Go ahead. That's a fishy line. So we we feel like we feel like this game is going to be just you know up and down through the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think jump shooting is going to be a problem here. We think UNC is just going to you know fast break it. People Ton, have- tons of layups, then also tons of uh, secondary break post ups for Meeks and Kennedy. And people don't know who Tulane's co- head coach is. Mike Dunleavy. Ooh. Who is going to love going up and down with UNC to try to prove something than Mike Dunleavy, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, so we think that this game is going to be back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And they're, and they're both going to be happy to put up big numbers. So take the over. Right now, it's hovering around 145. Yeah, that's what I got at. Yep. 145-ish. Yep. Say take the over on this one. Uh, we'll get into some actual point spreads and some other uh, over-unders, but th- those are the two games that we're going to like for our fishy lines this, t- this time around. And I want to give total props uh, to Roy Williams taking his team on the road to UNC. Opening on the road. A lot of these big schools, they will not play road games. He did it last year. They took a tough loss last year in mm-hmm. the beginning season. He's going to Tulane. Great job out of Roy Williams. He is unafraid to go play those games. And it's nice that it's just not a money grab where they try to bring everybody in. Or like Duke, that their road game is at, at Madison Square Garden. Great. Excellent. Very good. Uh, hey, do you want to go check? Uh, do you want to go check and do some reading next? Yeah, reading. And le- yeah, let's wrap up with this. So we'll do the, the every time on the screen. The screen. What we want to do is give a shout out to a great article, something that we see either online or read about in the paper. And I think we picked the perfect one, Gus, just to um, to start our kickoff. Uh, Absolutely. Podcast. So I don't know what we'll, we'll officially name this, but. Just think of it like when you used to go to the library or you go to the library now and you have like the whole desk and, and you have your two books out and, or your two audio books out and you have to return the, you know, your other ones before you check the other ones out. So this is what's on our library hold list. If you have not read Ray Allen's letter to his younger self <laughs> it's incredible. on the Players' Tribune, you are doing yourself a disservice as a basketball fan, whether it be pro or college. Uh, my daughter was going to ballet today. I'm sitting outside waiting for her. I'm reading this in the car. It's so, so good. Um, if, 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 you're a, if you're a college fan, you will totally appreciate the angle that he brings when he's at UConn. And he talks about Coach Calhoun. He talks about how tough the practices are. He talks about how he had to re... Uh, where he had to reevaluate himself as a player and as a person entering that program. The one thing that really stood out to me in this letter was something so simple, but he made a point to point it out. Mm -hmm. It was boring old habits. And think of Ray Allen, think of his jump shot, think of how picture perfect it was. Mm -hmm. Um, The way that it got that way is him deciding to follow through with boring old habits day after day after day. So true. Listen, he did it. He he is his own man, all right? And that's what struck me when I was reading this. He didn't drink. He didn't always go out with the guys. In fact, Rajon Rana with that odd tweet the other day, said thought he retired already. Okay, big guy. Well, that's fine, but he had a heck of a better career than you did. I'll tell you that right now, Rondo. But he, he was sometimes thought of as, as um, aloof, sort of out of it. It's just the way he was. 
He talked about growing up, didn't associate with the white kids, didn't associate with the black kids. He was in Great Britain when he was in his elementary school years. So he just said, you know what? I got to figure this out and I'm just going to do it my way. And it's the journey. What a great one. Yeah, go ahead. The, the, and the, the boring old habits part really paralleled me and made me think of um, Dr. Angela Duckworth's book, Grit. And in her book, Grit, she does this unbelievably complex study on just doing one thing over and over again. And doing that one thing over and over again is bound to create success if you stick with it and work hard at it every single day. So true. Um, And how this grit factor can make up for shortcomings in other areas Mm -hmm. or just make up for lack of so-called talent. So like grit is actually conceived here in her book as a talent. Yep. So – it was like the perfect combination of combining Ray Allen's immense athletic talent with the grit. The grit being doing the boring old habits day after day result in one of the most beautiful jump shots of his generation. Yep. And you just wonder, after reading this, why don't more people follow this simple equation to success? Why don't people work hard at the one thing that they're really good at or they're really passionate about? And they just continue working on it day after day after day to find the success that Ray Allen had winning multiple championships. Well, man, the answer is because it's hard because that's what it is. And people who get to the NBA a lot of times, they have the talent. And Ray had the talent, but he sat there and wrote in the letter to himself something like, you know, people will tell you that your jump shot is a gift from God. But let me remind you that you miss six out of every ten shots you take. I mean, that's just that's awesome stuff. But it, it, he was right. It is about the journey. There were so many great parts about this. If you if you it was on um like you said it was it, it was, was on the, play, the Players Tribune. Tribune. Thank you. Yes, and um, you know they won the title right, and and he he was home. All his buddies are over there. They're going out. That's that a great part of it. Yeah, couldn't fall asleep. Right. right. So he gets in the car and he drives to his dentist. All right. Who it, says eight a.m. the next morning what, after winning the championship? Who says correctly? And we'll keep this PG. What the heck are you doing here, Ray? You won the title last year. Yeah, you know, I thought we just finish up the work on my tooth because the 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 end game, right? The celebration is fleeting. It really is. Whether it's one game, one moment, you know, I think think about your wedding. I, I don't even remember anything until like ten thirty. You know, meeting people, nervousness. The moment that you build up just goes away, right? So it's the training, it's the journey. The best Ray Allen story I ever heard is that something I read that Spolstra saw him before they won the title earlier that year mm-hmm. in practice. Mm-hmm. Laying under the basket. So he walks into practice. No one's there except for Ray Allen. So Spolster goes, Ray, what are you doing? And Allen at that moment jumps up from under the basket, backpedals to three, catches a pass and drains a three. And he goes, I'm practicing, coach. He goes, but why were you laying under the basket? Ray Allen's response was, in case I get knocked down on a scrum for a rebound and have to backpedal and shoot a three. How weird is that? Wow. That that shot, which is one of the greatest shots I've ever seen in basketball at any level, yeah. was him backpedaling. That shot doesn't go in. LeBron doesn't get that title. The you know the he can't win the big one sort of creeps in. Like honestly, that was one of the greatest he practiced that. Who practices that? Ray Ray Allen practices that. Unbelievable. If you haven't if you have not put your eyes on it. Please make sure you put your eyes on it on the Players' Tribune. That is on our library hold list. That is what you should have ready to read uh, however you're going to consume it. It is not a waste of time. It will be an investment of your time. 
and you will take something from it that will be personal to you and you can connect to. So just put your eyes on it wherever you may put your eyes on it. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's, what, that's another one of our segments. So I think we hit the people with, uh, with a bunch of segments that we've had so far. So what we want to end with today, folks, last thing we'll do, you can email us also on sdspodcast at gmail.com. Same thing as the, as the Twitter handle, podcast at gmail.com. And we actually got a couple emails, didn't we? We got, we got a couple of emails from a couple of listeners. So what we want to do is uh, quickly give those guys a shout-out. We had um, uh, Derek from the Garden State. Derek from the Garden State Here from, from Pompton Lakes said, Great podcast so far. I enjoyed the segment with Chip Reeve. Uh, that was a great interview. Thank you so Love much doing for it, yeah. doing that. And his 30 for 30 film. I look forward to future interviews uh, with other NCA in the bas- other people in the NCA world. In your opinion, who would be your dream interview for your show? Keep up the good work. W- good work. And he references Raf here, of course. Onions. Uh, Derek from Pompton Lakes, thanks so much for our first email. So we got to put this in the vault here as the first email. I'll start with this one, Gus. So, dream interview. I'm not going to be real, you know, out of the box on this one, but I'll tell a quick story. 2004, two of my buddies called me up and said, we have tickets to the Elite Eight in Atlanta. Why don't you come down and, and meet us? And one of them ended up... Sounds good. Yeah, it was, I said, yeah, great. They said, we got tickets. Get on the plane. Get down here. One of those things. You know, you're young. You do. It's fine. So, fly down to Atlanta. It was the uh, 2004 uh, Final Four... Uh, I'm sorry, Elite Eight, rather. Elite Eight mm-hmm. down there in Atlanta. And it had Duke, Illinois was the first game, and Texas Xavier was the second game. So Duke Huge. ends up beating Illinois like 72-62, and Xavier wins as the seventh seed over three-seed Texas, 79-71. Two good games. So the next night we're out, and my one friend had, had worked in the Duke area, and we ended up just meeting up with the Shashevsky family. Uh, the daughters, their husbands, great, great people, hung out with them the whole night. Got to really get an insight into how meticulous Coach K is with his preparation. Sure, he's won all the titles. Sure, he's won all the Final Fours. Just a wonderful, wonderful family. Got to meet Mickey, and they ended up cutting the net down and and winning that Final Four, beating Xavier 66-63, and they ended up going on. They actually got upset by UConn. That was UConn's year when they beat Georgia Tech for the the championship. But uh, I would have to say Coach K, um, just because he's – even better than you think he is from that little insight we got in 2004. So I think this reflects perfectly back upon what we were just talking about with Ray Allen. Like some of the coolest things that we read about in that article about Ray Allen were like the details, mm-hmm. like the, the little tiny things that he did to be great, like that story about like uh, getting a rebound on the scrum and then backpedaling for a three. Like yep. th- those, th- that type of preparation is what makes you great. So I think – the inter- an interview with him would, would would reveal at least a little nugget like that. Yeah, right? sure. Who who would you want to interview? Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go out west coast. I'm gonna say, how about Mark Few from Gonzaga? Ah, good one. That's a good one too. You know what I'd ask him about? Ask him about some fishing. Of course, right? Fly fishing or rod fishing, depending right. on what he was trying to do. You know, that, you know, whatever his next getaway was. And that's a great opener too. You can get to the basketball some other time. I would love to. I, and I'd also ask him about mountain biking because I know he's an avid uh, cyclist out there oh, good uh, among one. the trails. Good one, yeah. Uh, so I, I'd want to get some uh, how does he really spend his off season and what things does he really enjoy and then maybe say like what is the appeal of Gonzaga? Like to, let us give us a little nugget on that. Why do so many people love going there? Why do people love transferring there? Like what is the vibe there? So I'd, 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 want, I'd want more of that than than 
any basketball. Thing. No, it's great. And I would like to and, and tell him when you interview him, you ever do this, you're the smartest guy I know. You went to Gonzaga, you built it into a, a perennial powerhouse, and you know what? You don't need to go anywhere else. Sure. Your family's happy, you're happy, sure you can not. recruit, you know. Oh, my goodness. Great great call there with uh, with Mark View. Uh, so I, I would <laughs> I would definitely love to interview Mark View and, and find out some more insight on Gonzaga and the Zags. Uh, and last email? Yeah, we got one more here. So we got one from Paul from the Garden State. Nice. So Paul says, hey, Gus and Mike, coming off a Big East championship, was wondering what your thought of Seton Hall is this year, especially with Whitehead's departure. Still feel like they have a good nucleus. Do you think they'll be competitive and strong enough to make the tourney? Thanks, guys. Keep up the strong work. Nice what do you think? Question. Seton, Seton Hall for uh, for uh, Paul from the Garden State. All right. So Paul from the Garden State, I'm going to say they will be competitive again. They got Desi Rodriguez coming back in the backcourt. Mm-hmm. Tough little guard. Very Big East type guard. Love the lefty Carrington. I think he's going to put up some nice numbers. Yep. I bet he finds his way onto an honorable mention or maybe second team all Big East team. Mm-hmm. And then they have a big guy in the middle that likes to push people around. Uh, uh, um, uh, Delgado, sorry. Yeah, right. um, he's going to put up big rebounding numbers. And he, he's like the one thing that other teams lack, like that big, that big force in the middle that's going to do the dirty work, grab some rebounds, start some fast breaks. It's like the one thing that like Iowa State is missing. Yes. Yep. Um, and you know what? I bet they're going to be bubblicious like all year, and they're going to be somewhere in the top five of the Big East. And if you're in the top five of the Big East, then that means you're going to have a chance to make the tournament. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Seton Hall, Kevin Will uh, came over from Iona, uh, and AD Pat Line's really getting a lot of uh, heat for giving him one more year extension. But, they, but they've stuck with him. But they stuck with him. And stuck now, with him. And now he's going to be there for a while uh, after a great year last year. So, listen, they, have, they lost Whitehead. We get it. But I think they're going to be right in the mix. Like you said, they do have Carrington, who's now – it's his whole backcourt now. He gets to take it over. Um, Delgado, Rodriguez. Um, he's got Miles Powell, who came in from um, from Connecticut, uh, the Trenton player from in from Connecticut. And he's got uh, Aaron Gordon, uh, who is the uh, brother of the the great Indiana star and the NBA player Eric Gordon. So oh, Wow. Eric Gordon's put up big numbers with uh, with the beard on the Rockets, by the way. Oh, yeah. And how about this? Do you think, do you think Seton Hall maybe falls into this? Do you think the great player leaves, and then they're a little bit better after the great player leaves? Uh, it could be, absolutely. And if you look at the Big East, I mean, listen, we know Villanova is going to be there. Yep. And Xavier's going to be good. Yep. We like Creighton. We talk about their backcourt. Uh, okay. Love their backcourt. But I, I would put them right now third, Seton Hall. I would put mm. them ahead of Creighton. Okay. And I, you tell me they can't split a home and home with, with Villanova and Xavier. They certainly can. So I think Seton Hall's season is going to rest on getting one of those big upsets, whether it be against Villanova or Xavier. And the cool thing about the Big East still. And, and, and the Big Ten is you get a chance to do that in the true round robin. You mm-hmm. get two shots at it. It's none of this like un, uh, uneven scheduling where you only have one shot and that only one shot may be on the road. Mm-hmm. They're going to have a couple of shots to get that big upset to define their season. Carrington, Delgado, and Rodriguez can all certainly be some sort of all Big East selection. you got three of those guys. You're going to have a chance. Um, so there you go, folks. Uh, pretty much hit it. We're, we're running out of time here. So we have our... Site set on tomorrow. It opens. We're super excited. Gave you a rundown of some of the games. Talked to our All-American teams, mm-hmm. right? Uh, uh, and I think the last place that we're going to go is just a quick thank you. We're going to say a nice thank you, a thoughtful thank you to the Screen the Screener Technology Department. Technology! We want to give another little shout-out to our intro and outro music. Thank you so much, Bell Jar. Check them out on iTunes, B-E-L-J-A-R. And we want to thank our listeners and the followers. 
So excited to reach 200. So excited that you guys are putting this in your ears. Some fashion, please don't forget to rate us. Don't forget to uh, subscribe to us. The Screen the Screener podcast. Yeah, rate us and subscribe on iTunes. We're also on Stitcher. We're also on TuneIn and Radio. Find us on Twitter, SDS Podcast. Hit us up on the email, sdspodcast at gmail.com. We want to answer some more questions. Give us another question or two. Bring it to us. We're so excited about the season, folks. Thanks for following us. We're passionate about basketball. That's what we are. That's why we're here. We hope you're enjoying it. And one last question. Mike, does Ray Allen like to screen? Or does Ray Allen like to fall down, backpedal for three, and screen the screener? Folks, thank you so much. Happy opening day tomorrow. College basketball all across the country. We'll come back to you next week. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Screen the screener. <laughs>